Hello world from Octopost headquarters. This is Radically Transparent, Octopost's original podcast show on B2B Marketing Now. I'm Jennifer Gutman, Director of Social Strategy, and in most episodes of this podcast, we'll feature B2B marketing leaders who will share their radically transparent truths behind being a modern day marketer and what it takes to grow ideas, take risks, and impact change. Joining me on this episode is Eric Harverson, president and co-founder of The Marketing Help, the number one resource for proactively advancing your marketing career. Based in Philadelphia, The Marketing Help is filled with free resources, guides, podcasts, blogs, uh, and loaded with insider tips for digital marketers at any level seeking their ideal marketing job and career. And we're lucky enough to have Eric on the show. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jen, how are you? Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Um, and I have to say, so what I, when I first heard of the marketing help, it was actually because I received an invitation um, to join you guys in your Slack channel, which was a phenomenal idea and got me through some pretty rough times this year. Uh, I'm sure we can all relate to as we were working from home in 2020. So I was hoping you could maybe kick off by telling us a little bit more about the marketing help and, and really how it came to be. Yes. The, so the marketing help, um, you know, it's one of those things where um, the impetus for the marketing help was really based off of a need from mm -hmm. marketers. So, uh, you know, Jed, my business partner, Jed Singer. So we were actually um, guest speakers at Drexel University about 10 years ago. We, we launched a digital marketing course. So it was, it was focused on uh, educating those that wanted a, a career in digital marketing. And here we, we learned throughout the course, we were getting questions from the students job interview tips, resume tips. Now these are different than just general career services because it was specific to marketing. And then we realized we had a network of people we can connect them with and we had some resources that we had put together in our day-to-day our -day lives that were valuable. And it kind of dawned on us that was, there was no resource for marketers uh, to, to navigate these challenges throughout their career. Now it started with student level mm -hmm. and then um, over the course of, I'd say the you know five years or so, we realized that there's opportunities across multiple levels yeah. that have the same need. So, you know, the, the class kind of opened our eyes to a need, and then we kind of took that and ran with it and said, "Hey, what what would did we want? What would we have wanted coming up in our careers, uh, mm -hmm. respective careers that would have been helpful?" And that kind of, you know, you know, the brainstorming became very powerful, and all the ideas. We just had to kind of organize and then here you go. Uh, the marketing help became something more formalized, I'll say about four or five years ago. Incredible. And, and today, so you mentioned you started off kind of as a, almost a student resource and teaching a course. So can you give a little bit of information about your demographics today with the marketing help who, who you're helping? Yeah, I'd say probably half the audience is either students or associates and associate defined as their, you know, zero to two years in their marketing career. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's probably another percentage, a little more like 30% of uh, manager level. So just inherited a team, just became promoted, and they're trying to figure out what makes the most sense for the marketing team. Then the last percentage is going to be executive level, director, VP, and above, who mm -hmm. quite frankly have questions about how do I retain marketers today? And you know, knowing that obviously their performance is great upon how effective they are as a team, and they just have questions about how to best manage, manage those teams. Managing teams is not not easy, uh, and especially in 2020, I'm sure you know as we're all working from home, um, 
and we we kind of were catapulted into this digital transformation. Do you think that a good leader or good um, marketing manager can be made on Zoom? Can be made on Zoom? If you, so, oh, so, you know, man, right, because when it comes to marketing, one of the best parts about marketing is being able to sit in a room together and really brainstorm. And you, we have breakout rooms on Zoom, but it's not the same feeling as having that person-to-person connection and, and learning from one another and brainstorming. So in terms of um, kind of management style, where, where do you see kind of this playing, working from home? Is this something that you've seen helping, you know, with the marketing help um, coaching on, on management style in that sense? Yeah. So I think the, the challenge for marketing managers now is, you know, yes, there was a thriving brainstorm happening in, in offices and then boom, next thing you know, it's, oh, by the way, still be effective, still hold your goals, but you have to do it as a distributed team. And what happens there is it, what we've seen be a ch- challenge for marketing managers and marketing teams is they forget that the power of being a good manager is that you mark is that you manage people and not teams. So Susie may enjoy a phone call and Billy may enjoy a zoom call at, you know, after hours, you know, when he's done doing his work for the day, if you don't represent or recognize what makes each of your team members effective, um, what makes them work most effectively, then that's a miss. Now, even, again, even more so in a virtual setup where, um, again, not everybody loves a Zoom call. Um, not everyone loves to be called out on a Zoom call, even though I'm more comfortable behind my screen. Uh, so for some people, you know, the introverts become more introverted. The extroverts may become uh, more frustrated because they don't have the room like they did mm-hmm. uh, when you were meeting in the conference room. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. And you know, in terms of the companies, you, you mentioned that the marketing help was started because you and, and your partner, Jed, were kind of thinking about what didn't you have as a marketer as you made your, you know, your career in marketing. And my question to you there is, you know, the marketing help is this outside resource. Who is responsible inside of an organization, if anyone, um, for training? Or I think what we see a lot of today is retraining, right? Because, you know, I remember a professor... I went to Muhlenberg College and a professor had started off our communication class with the statement of, uh, welcome to my class. By the time you graduate in four years, everything you've learned will be obsolete. So good luck in the career, right? So, so that's kind of like the nature of our industry. Um, but who, who should really own that? Because in some way, there's a lot of really great employees who have great skills, but maybe they're not fit for today's digital marketing um, atmosphere. So should we be focused on retraining those employees? Should those be uh, retrained by the company themselves? Or should it be on the employee to get that training and then bring it to the teams? Yeah, that's a great question. Because, you know, my, my initial thought on this is, it's kind of a balanced responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, both sides should care. But if you think about from if I'm a marketing manager and I want to uh, build a successful team, well, then part of my plan, part of my budget should be focused on professional development, period. And it's not, a, it's not an afterthought. It's not a maybe. It's a definite. It's talked about during onboarding. It's kind of built. It should be built into the culture of every team, quite frankly. But for marketing especially, if I'm a manager that wants A players, if I'm a manager that has goals to hit, then I'm going to have this built in uh, to my conversations. Now, on the flip side of that, if I'm, if I'm a marketer that really cares about my career and career development, 
then it might be something that I talk about as early as the interview process. So imagine if you're interviewing your candidate and then you ask the question to the hiring manager, you know, what part of uh, my day-to-day -day is, or my month or quarter is focused on professional development. And if there's, if there isn't a good answer for that marketer, you know, probably not a good fit, um, you know, for you to take that job. Uh, now, if you're in the job, let's say something comes up as an initiative, <clears throat> then yeah, it, it kind of falls on the team member to figure out, okay, where are my gaps? And I need to bring this up in my next one-on-one -on -one conversation. Interesting. So when you talk about a one-on-one, -on -one, what are some of the components, right, of a one-on-one? -on -one? We all live for them. Um, uh, but what are some of what, what makes a good one-on-one -on -one meeting? You know, for for the employee coming to the table, for the manager coming to the table, from the the whirlwind and eye of the storm of 2020, right? You know, you have all these new distractions around you. But what do you what do you bring to a one-on-one, -on -one and what should you be looking for as a marketer? <laughs> It's, it's, it's funny. It reminds me of one of my agencies I used to work for. We had a leadership meeting. It was all the directors would get together. And I can remember somebody coming into a meeting and saying, hey, great week so far. No one cried in my one-on-one. So <laughs> you almost feel like one-on-one should not be situations where someone's laughing, someone's crying, and, and you, know, you end up you know, um, celebrating something. One-on-ones, in my mind, uh, I, I should say the most effective one, one-on-ones, uh, you know, think of those as an opportunity uh, for the team member to mm -hmm. showcase initiative. Uh, One-on-one should not be owned by the manager. One-on-one should be owned by the team member. And the reason for that is because, you know, I learned in my career, later on in my career, that, you know, when you have the mindset of make the one-on-one the responsibility of the team member, guess what? G guess who has a productive meeting when the accountability is on that team member? to bring value to the conversation. And it isn't just about making updates to your projects. It isn't just talking about, you know, you know, here's what I did this week. No, no, no. It's your time to say, hey, manager, I have a problem. Hey, manager, I need help. Hey, manager, uh, when can I, you know, build my skill set in X, Y, and Z? So when you, when you shift the onus to that team member and then set the expectation and say, hey, your time, I'm just here to help is what the manager would say. Mm -hmm. Watch how effective those conversations can turn. Oh, by the way, they definitely need an agenda, mm -hmm. which is owned by the team member. And, and if you're listening and you haven't em em embraced this, we'll try this for the next month and, and see how, how much more effective those conversations become. I think that's a good... Good November challenge. Um, so for all the listeners, we look forward to hearing how those one-on-one -on -one meetings start turning around. And, and speaking of that, you know, and, and because the show, right, is called Radical Transparency, and, and what I'm curious about in terms of yourself, your, you know, great presence to, to, to interview and, you know, this, this great personality, do you have anything that keeps you up at night professionally? I mean, I looked at your LinkedIn profile, you have such incredible experience and marketing background. Does anything keep you up at night? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we have it all together. <laughs> well, no, I mean, when you think about, I mean, what I, what I do day to day now, so, you know, transferring 30 years of marketing positions into now kind of rededicating my time and experience back to marketers. What keeps me up at night is when I, I continue to hear, you know, bothersome trends about poor management, you know, poor mm -hmm. leadership. And again, having been a, a VP CMO myself, you know, I'm at fault too. I mean, I, I was in some cases not an effective manager. I had to learn what to do better, but 
um, when, when I listen to marketers that I'm helping and they all kind of recount these same issues that were still existing 20 years ago, you know, that just worries me in terms of are the managers being put in positions to succeed? Mm-hmm. Um, are those that are promoting managers doing it the right way? Are, are, are companies embracing this to set themselves up for success or is just going to be a constant cycle of <clears throat> poor manager after poor manager? And, and where that bothers me or keeps me up at night is really tied to the fact of how successful can I be in helping somebody if, mm. you know, the, the person that's making the hire uh, may not be seeing it through the, the right lens or uh, a neutral lens when it comes to, you know, hiring entry level, or in some cases, if I'm working with somebody who is a manager, you know, trying to kind of get the eyes open of the senior leadership which you know may not be as connected to the digital world as they they could be, so and that's that's one thing. <laughs> one thing of the probably, <laughs> um, no, but you know you bring up some interesting <coughs> points there, and I think something that's interesting to me is, you know, you mentioned that you kind of see a common, some common themes or common threads of um, poor management or kind of common um, challenges that are brought to your attention. Could you share some of those with us and maybe also give with those challenges, some ideas for either solutions or how to reframe or rethink about those challenges? Sure. Um, You know, it starts with the hiring process. So, Mm -hmm. and listen, everyone knows when it comes to getting hired for a position, uh, there's, there's cognitive biases that you're working against when it comes to the person on the other side of the screen that's making the decision. Uh, so the one thing that, that's challenging is that, you know, folks that are, you know, tend to hire only those that have a four-year degree. And we all know somebody in our respective networks that has been very successful, uh, maybe not finishing a four-year degree, maybe even has a two-year degree. Doesn't matter. You know why? Because they taught themselves how to be great at that one skill set. And look at them now. Uh, you know, the drive and the ambition in, in most cases is the thing that matters. Mm-hmm. When it comes to you know gauging success, I've hired people that have not had four-year degrees, and have been very happy about it. Uh, it, it was a battle to convince HR and other folks about the challenges, and it was worth and, and reasons why that hire made sense. Uh, so that's one area. The other area would be, you know, the 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 management. Um, I should say the the focus on professional development from management for marketing teams. And this, you know, goes back to, you know, conversations with some clients uh, we've worked with where uh, there's just, just a kind of afterthought approach to upscaling marketers. Because again, it's everyone wants the same thing. Uh, we need to hit our goals. Okay. But here's what makes a successful marketing team. It isn't that you have just hired the best SEO person, the best paid search person. No, no, no. You've given the team an element of feeling successful. Uh, feeling rewarded and feeling fulfilled. If those three things aren't met by your team, you're not going to meet, you're not going to exceed or meet your goals as you want to. Um, so this lack of investment in professional development is a common theme that we see in here, which is easily fixed by, well, you know, commit to uh, management, commit to uh, some 90 day investment in, uh, you know, identifying where the skills gaps are, giving your team chances to execute and really be pushed outside their comfort zone to learn something new. Yeah. I think that's great advice in terms of, you know, how, how to kind of approach, um, 
even back to our one you know our, our previous question about who's responsible for the training or you know right if it's even professional development in some way to get employees to open up how they're thinking about something or approaching something and maybe to approach it in even a, a different way um, which also leads me so one of the challenges that we see here at Octopost um, with our clients is they often come to us and, and I know there's like a running joke between marketing and sales right there's the constant battle between the two um, and really we all need to be working in unity but it's not so simple my question for you in terms of what you do um, what does the future of sales and marketing look like to you in today's environment where from from my chair, it seems that marketers have a, a more essential role than ever before. Um, do you think that sales and marketing, there's a hope that they can work together or you think that the battle between the two will forever live on? <laughs> so, I mean, in one position where I actually oversaw both sales and marketing teams, um, the team building mm -hmm. efforts are just as important as you know, making sure that the, the marketing qualified leads are legitimate <laughs> enough for the sales team. But when, when sales teams and marketing teams, you know, connect with each other as people, it may sound corny, it may sound kind of, you know, high level, but, but it, it matters when the person that, you know, you look at more than just the person cranking out the MQLs, uh, when you start to connect with there and be empathetic, and this goes both ways too, right? Be empathetic for the salesperson that really has to follow through and do their thing um, that's an element that can help those teams work more closely together. Now, future of, uh, there's definitely an aspect of automation that comes into play here where things can be more automated uh, to help with the processing of, you know, marketing qualified leads to becoming sales qualified leads. You know, look at the, the influx of chatbots and what they're doing. But if you really look into how they work and how they can work, are you challenging yourself to, to learn that and try that as an organization has a sales team and a marketing team. I'm not talking about live chat. Hey, can I help you today? No, no, no. I'm talking about setting up automated decision tree sorts of situations mm -hmm. that might actually cut down the number of leads, but might increase the quality because of just some, you know, uh, questions that you're asking. I'm not saying this is the magic bullet fix. Right. I'm saying is this might be a, a, a way to test things to make, you know, reduce some of that friction between both sides uh, just in the overall process. Chatbots are interesting. I, I feel also when you tell a marketer about AI, we all get a little nervous. <laughs> our robot's going to take over our job. I'd like to think they won't, but uh, who knows, right? Because uh, in four years, everything will be obsolete. But um, <laughs> with that, you know, we, we do talk here a lot about uh, skill set, mindset, and tool set. It's kind of these three common themes that we break our work into, that we coach clients on, um, especially when it comes to digital transformation. What are some of the, and we spoke a little bit about the skill sets and, you know, chatbots, but what are some of the skill sets, mindsets, or tool sets you feel are required for the modern day marketer right now to thrive in their position, in their organizations? Yeah, I love, I love how you guys do that. I mean, I think that's great that you can simplify it to skill sets, mindsets, and tool sets. Um, when I, when I look at, you know, two, two aspects or two communities, one is the marketers today trying to get their first job. And then I look at the successful marketers that have made a, a path for themselves, maybe one or two, you know, jobs in. And I kind of look at those two universes and say, well, what are the ubiquitous skill sets for those two communities? And the reality is even more so now 
it's um, communication and relationship building. And no, these aren't, aren't being taught in high school. You say uh, communication, is it internal communication or would you say overall, what can you be more specific? Yeah, communication, I'd say just in a, rare forms of just written Got and it. oral communication. Got it. Uh, everyone says, oh, I wrote an essay in college or I've written a plan before. And I, yeah, I mean, but if you do it once a quarter, that's not enough. Um, so it's almost like intensive writing or effective business communication feels like that's a skill set that that any marketer is going to need forever. <laughs> and relationship one building. One page plan, right? How to yeah, write oh, yeah. one page plan. <laughs> right. Use five words instead of 15 to get your point across. But, you know, uh, relationship building also because guess what? Building relationships now is different because now it's got to be done through screens and not through in-person meetings. Um, so how well can somebody navigate that? Because there's still a way to be very cordial and focus on building relationships virtually, but is that what's being taught? Is that what people are doing? Um, so that's a skill set, a mindset. I think, again, uh, this is kind of uh, relevant 10 years ago, 10 years from now, and that's accountability. Can I go into a job? Can I go into a promotion? Can I go into an interview? And can I showcase my accountability? And I learned this from a, a coworker like three jobs ago where he was speaking to our team on ways we could work better together with his team. And he said, listen, all I care about is that your safety ratio equals one. And that struck me as like, wait a minute. And then you think through it, it's like, whatever I say I'm going to do, I do it, right? The balance has got to be one. It's got to equal each other. If I say I'm going to do four things, I better do four things. And that is the mindset I think um, every marketer needs to embrace. Because if you're following that, think about it. If you're following that in everything you do, um, you kind of your, your reputation will precede you as somebody who holds themselves accountable, right or wrong, just hold yourselves accountable. So I think that's probably one of the key mindsets. I think that's a powerful one. Hold yourself um, accountable. Be an owner. Yeah. Be an owner of your actions um, tied to whatever you say you're going to do. Now, listen, if you say you're going to do three things and you can only do two of them, well, then communicate that you can't make that third thing. That's how you still keep yourself accountable if you can't do it. Um, tool sets. So you mentioned tool sets real quick. I think any tool set, any marketer, regardless of what your specialty is, if you can't analyze a set of data, that's a miss. So analytics, whether it's social analytics, Google analytics, um, you know, when's the last time you looked at a paid search report? I mean, you know, just get familiar with what these tools, these, these reports look like, but more importantly, know how to analyze them. Mm -hmm. And then I'd say any tool that is tied to customer relationship is, is, is massive, right? I mean, even elements of what Octopus provides is critical to be able to kind of, we all know it's about the journey now. So any tool that you can use that showcases and gives you ability to see and understand what's happening through aspects of the customer journey, learn that tool. Good stuff. Now question on that, learn that tool. Um, so <laughs> I've seen on my LinkedIn, I don't know if you've seen it. And sometimes I wonder if they're chatbots. Um, but I've seen across LinkedIn, there's this popular hashtag at the moment, open to work. And a lot yep. of people are using this hashtag to find work, um, given the circumstances <clears throat> of the pandemic and people losing jobs and, 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 you know, the situation currently, uh, what I'm curious about 
in terms of right, analyzing reports and, and the technology, a lot of times when you get that technology, you don't get your hands on it until you're actually in that job that's using, let's say, a specific piece of technology um, specific to that role or that company. And, and now, right with today, there's so many different types of technology and competitors. Um, what are some, one, interview trends that you're seeing today and for marketers, you know, hashtag open to work, but what are some of the trends you're seeing? And then kind of going back to the analytics question, but how, what can marketers do to build those skills that sometimes it's a catch 22, right? So like your basic, um, I guess, you know, Google analytics and and certain platforms you can get access to if you're not employed um, by a specific company, but what's one or two great ways that we can learn those skills if we're not currently using them or paying for uh, um, subscription. Like for, I'm thinking of what comes to my mind too, it's Marketo, right? Like yeah. it's a huge one and it's, it's, you know, they have a training that you go through, but if you're looking to be kind of getting your hands on those tools, what, what can we do? Yeah. Is so, <laughs> well, I mean, happy to help always. Um, so let me start with the skill question first and then go into the open to work question. So the skills question, that's a great one because think about it. If, if you're in that position, uh, I want to prepare for this role or prepare for my promotion, but I need to you know, increase my level of expertise in tool X. Um, for those new to the market, for those new to looking to interview, right? This is your first job and you want to show, I don't have 140 bucks a month to plop down for tool X. Well, the first thing you do is you find a parallel because here's the reality. If you walk into an interview and say, I'm familiar with tool A and they use tool B, there's probably what a 70% overlap in functionality with those two tool sets. That's so, a great piece of tip um, advice. I was going to say, what a hack. <laughs> that, that's actually, well, yeah. that's a good yeah. one. And even so Marketo, you're right. I mean, I'm not going to invest in that myself out of my own pocket, but if I learned HubSpot, <laughs> right. For free, yeah. um, you know, for, for someone to, to sit in a conversation and make that parallel in the interview for the hiring manager, what a win that is. Uh, the other hack is always, you know, sign up for the free trial, you know, block out your calendar for seven days and just, you know, watch some YouTube videos in advance of that and just try to speed learn in, in the best way possible. Just try to take avail- uh, access of that, that free trial and try to get as many reps as possible through the tools. Now, that's not going to work for every tool, but it's, you know, maximizing the free trial. So once you do that, that's a way to show competency in that skill. Um, if you're in the position, chances are uh, you may know somebody it, it, at your current company or at other companies that do use that tool. When's the last time you saw a LinkedIn post where somebody said, hey, looking for someone in my network that uses Marketo, DM me for more information. And guess what happens when you set up two calls with that person to have them walk through the 20% of Marketo that I need to know if I were to walk in a position where I need to know how to use it. Very, I mean, that, that, that sounds like something anybody in the My mind is just do. blown. I just went quiet because I, I didn't even <laughs> think to do that. And that's actually, that's genius. <laughs> My wheels are spinning, but that's, <clears throat> that's a good So, one. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're taking advantage of the network you work so hard to build. And all you're doing is trying to, again, you know, for purposes of the interview, it's really the hiring manager is not looking for you to be an expert unless you're signing up to be the Marketo expert. But if you're, you're in, a, in a position that uses these tools, um, showing that you understand how they work, 
admitting and being truthful to say that, yes, I'm in the process of learning. Here's what I did. Here's the initiative I took mm-hmm. to figure out more about this tool. So that story matters. Um, so that's, that's, those, are, those are ways to kind of learn more about those tools prior to the conversation. Now, ways to get hands-on experience. Here's another post you rarely see in LinkedIn. Uh, does anybody have a need for support in X? Um, and tapping into your network, LinkedIn, friends, family, everyone has somebody that's running a business that probably doesn't know how to use WordPress, Squarespace, or Wix, where here you come in to say, well, would it be okay if I ran a couple of tests? Whatever the, the, chal- whatever the, the, the channel is that you're trying to grow uh, a discipline in, tap into those networks to see if someone is available that you can help for free. And there you get the experience. What's really interesting, and again, you've just blown my mind. So I, I know for people listening, you can't see my face right now, but you've really just blown my mind. Um, and what I'm thinking about, so part of my role at Octopus is helping our customers um, with employee advocacy programs and helping their employees become thought leaders. What would be really interesting for anyone listening, if you want to give it a try and let me know how it goes, but taking that piece of advice of kind of making yourself that expert, if you're learning to gain a new skill um, and using that almost as even positioning yourself as a thought leader to some sort, right? Opening up the conversation, but also giving yourself kind of that thought leadership, paving the way of, hey, uh, you know, looking to do X or anyone out there need help with X. It does position you in some way as an expert because people are going to start putting their trust in you. Uh, that's a really interesting way, I think, also to, to use your network. Um, yeah. But again, when it yeah. comes to thought leadership, and we, we just had an episode about thought leadership, so it's, it's definitely top of mind. Um, and you know, we're all about social. And sometimes what ends up happening is people say like, how do I break through the noise? And it almost is like, hey, offer something, right? How, this could be a great way to break the noise. It's like actually offering help or service or whatever it may be to your network. And that that's really interesting. I'm gonna have to sit with that idea more to like kind of <laughs> see how we can work that into an employee advocacy program. But that's really, really interesting. Even if you're in, in those and use vulnerable. cases, well, and using those in that use case, targeting the hashtag open to work, because people that need that potentially that skill enhancement are absolutely following that hashtag yeah. of open to work, um, especially those that are in between jobs or, or looking for their next job, absolutely uh, can position yourself as the thought leader, uh, someone to contact if you need help in this area. My mind is officially blown. That's, I, I love it. Um, I love it. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm keeping an eye on the clock and I know our, our time is uh, winding down. So I have a few more questions. Um, and, and one of them actually that I'm interested in, in hearing because I, I, I see you also run a pretty successful podcast. So I'm going to plug your podcast on our podcast. But I think if anyone listening is looking for more uh, marketing career help, I think this is a fantastic podcast to listen to um, because it's really tackling a lot of the common questions that we spoke about today and more and tips to grow your career as a marketer. Um, could you give a little plug on the show and um, maybe your best all time career advice on our podcast? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I, and thanks for that. I'm the marketing careers podcast. Again, it, it was, it was a weekend project. I can remember the, when I, when I first, when I heard the first episode, because uh, I spent well, it, well, the first episode was me uh, just giving a heads up on what the podcast was about. And then okay. I think the first 
four or five episodes were just me monologuing, but I'd spent, you know, I'd, I'd say two years prior to that in the podcast community, because it was, it was an audience persona we were targeting in my last job. So I really got to know, you know, the power of podcasting was very interested in it. Like everyone else, never wanted to hear my voice. So <laughs> that kind of kept me from getting there. But once I got over the hump, you know, decided to make this really just kind of what you said, it's going to be the place to go to get inspiration and information on how to advance my marketing career, no matter who I was. Uh, so what's, what, what started as a weekend project now, we're over 5,000 5, downloads, Amazing. Uh, which for us, again, you know, downloads are just a, a metric of, of movement and progress. But what we like, or what, what we like hearing is when we get emails and we get contacted and people say, hey, great episode. Uh, what about this? Can I learn more about this? And people just reaching out to get more resources. You know, if we know we're helping the community of marketers, that's why we do it. Um, advice, I'd say, you know, the number one piece of advice for anyone in a marketing career sounds pretty simple, but, you know, when you're navigating your marketing career, uh, think about it like a marketing campaign. Oh, as marketers, where are we, where are we going with this marketing campaign? Eric? It's, like, <laughs> it's like, as marketers, we're like, oh, no, duh. It makes so much <laughs> sense. But have you tried it? Because every marketing campaign has what? Objective goals, target audience, KPIs, ways to know that if it's working or not working. And when you think about that with your career, uh, it, it will absolutely guide you in the right path. Because a lot of people, the mistake they make is they just apply to jobs. Mm-hmm. And what they don't think about is, well, what kind of company do I want to work for? Uh, there's, there's things you can ask yourself to set up the right path for yourself, um, in, including a, a job search plan, so that when you start putting the energy towards it, it takes you, you know, down a path that feels a little bit more uh, fulfilling and a little bit more purposeful. So that's probably the one learning is like, if you think about it that way, you know, when you build the plan for your marketing career, job search, uh, things become a little bit uh, more focused, a little more clear. And then the, the, the outreach that you send, the emails that you send um, have a little bit more uh, effectiveness. Completely. Uh- so last question for you, yeah. um, actually second to last question, if sure. you're <laughs> transparent. Um, so, <laughs> right, social media is great these days. I can pretty much go on LinkedIn, find you on LinkedIn, Eric, listen to all your podcasts, see your work history, what you've been up to, what you've written, what's going on in Philadelphia, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be willing to share with us today something about yourself that we cannot find on LinkedIn. Huh. Um, I'd say probably the one thing <laughs> that, that you, that may take a while to uncover if at all. Um, actually, so I'm, I'm actually certified to be a wedding officiant. Are you really? And, uh, <laughs> I, I did it with purpose, you know, um, my niece, who actually recently got married, which congratulations, I or in, I'm in the Israeli office, so Mazal Tov. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I did it um, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I'm somebody who was the biggest introvert when I first got into my career. I took a Dale Carnegie program that changed my life. They got me out to be more comfortable public speaking, and then I was just trying to find ways to do that, do things to to kind of leverage, you know, that kind of. Uh, evolution I had in my own professional career 
well, hey, standing in front of strangers, you know, officiating a wedding, I've seen it enough myself that I said, I want to do that. So I went through the process, you know, and then I ended up getting asked to do one a couple of years ago. It's funny because, you know, careful what you wish for, right? So I wanted to do it just to help, right? And then my, my wife had a friend that was getting married and they asked me if I wanted to do it. I figured, okay, sure. It's probably going to be backyard, like a barbecue, something that's very low key. 200 people. No big deal. <laughs> and here's me, you know, preparing for this, like, this isn't what I was expecting, but I, I'm going to battle through. And it was a, is a, is a kind of a, a great kind of ending to the whole reason why I did it is to just, you know, get out there, help somebody that needed help, you know, be trained, do a good job. Uh, and now, you know, knowing that I've, I've done one and would love to do more, but, um, so basically now to, if you're listening, you, you need marketing help or to get married, Eric's your man. <laughs> right. Not in a church, not denominational, <laughs> you know, parks, backyards or zoom, you know, probably could do that too. Sounds great. And, and so Eric, if we are getting married and we need you, or, you know, more importantly, we need some marketing help. Where are the best places we can find you? Where are you most active? So LinkedIn is going to be the best place to do it. Please, I encourage everyone to, to connect with me on LinkedIn. And please, here's another tip to, to um, identify yourself as somebody, you know, coming from this conversation. And just so I know, you know, in the subject line for that outreach, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, just put Octopost in the subject line. Uh, but, you know, connect, follow on LinkedIn. Um, you can email me directly. So I'll give you my direct email address, you know, always wanting to help. It's Eric, E-R-I-K at themarketinghelp.co. Uh, and then for anybody that wants marketing career advice or resources, you can go to themarketinghelp.co. I'll say forward slash membership because our greatest free resource is on that page. And my point about, you know, setting a marketing plan using as a guide for your marketing career, our most comprehensive guide is on that page if anybody wants that direction. Incredible. Eric, the man, the myth, the legend, the marketing help, and the wedding official. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to future conversations, collaboration, and stay healthy. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you, Jen. You did the same. Um, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Jennifer Gutman, your host and director of social strategy at Octopost. For more incredible episodes, be sure to follow our channel, B2B Marketing Now, wherever you get your podcasts.